Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cornwall Insight's latest podcast. Two years on from Russia's invasion of Ukraine on the 22nd of February 2022, we will be talking today about the impacts that this has had on the UK energy sector. My name is Matthew Smith, a graduate analyst at Cornwall Insight, and today I'm joined by Dr. Matthew Chadwick, who is a lead research analyst at Cornwall Insight. Prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the European Union and its member states relied heavily on Russian natural gas. Whilst most of the UK's natural gas imports came from outside of Russia, it was and still is heavily dependent on European natural gas supplies. Consequently, when Russia invaded Ukraine and Russian pipelines to Europe were heavily disrupted, the UK was subject to rising energy bills, which fueled inflation and consequently interest rate rises. In this podcast, we'll discuss how the UK and Europe have transitioned away from Russian natural gas and the impacts that this has had on the UK energy sector, specifically with the um, energy prices in the short term and long term. So, Matthew, the first question I had was that now that it's been two years from since Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the sanctions have been imposed against Russia on importing its natural gas, how have the UK and European Union diversified its natural gas imports? Yeah, thank you, Matthew. So I think it's worth starting by really highlighting the scale of the change that we've seen. So between 2015 and 2021, Russian pipeline gas accounted for just over 40% of EU gas supplies. So that's around 3.3 billion cubic metres being supplied on average per week. In 2023, this figure was down to less than 0.6 billion cubic metres each week. And I think that really shows the, the sheer size of the gap that needed to be filled. Now, some of this deficit has been accounted for by reduced gas demand, especially in light of the exceptionally high gas prices that we saw in 2022. And there have also been small increases in the volumes of pipeline gas being supplied from other countries to the EU, such as Norway or Algeria. But the biggest change that we've seen is in the imports of liquefied natural gas or LNG. So in 2023, Europe received over double the LNG import volumes that we had been seeing on average between 2015 and 2021. So in the last two years, we've really seen this fundamental shift in European gas supplies from one dominated by Russian pipeline gas to our current situation where LNG is now the biggest source of European gas supplies. Thank you, Matthew. As you mentioned, the uh, UK and Europe have transitioned away from Russian natural gas to LNG. Uh, I was just wondering, in terms of the uh, UK wholesale energy market, how has this impacted uh, UK energy bills for consumers and businesses? Yeah, so as you mentioned earlier, in the UK, we have historically had a very low direct dependence on Russian pipeline gas, with it estimated to account for only 4% of gas supply in 2021. However, as a nation, our gas supply is heavily dependent on imports. 84% of gas was from imports in 2021. And as a result, we are then exposed to that volatility in in global and particularly European gas markets. And for a variety of reasons, uh, not least the transportation costs and international competition, LNG has a structurally higher price attached to it than pipeline gas. And so the European transition from Russian pipeline gas to LNG has come with a subsequent increase in European and and UK gas prices. Now, this obviously feeds directly into the gas bill for UK consumers, but also because gas is so often the price setter for electricity in the UK, this also feeds into consumer electricity bills. And we can see this impact on consumer bills through the price cap, which sat at around £1,300 for a typical household annual energy bill prior to 
the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but has since surged up to over £4,000 in early 2023. Now, UK consumers were largely protected from the worst of this rise by government interventions. But even now, the price cap remains at around £1,900 a year, highlighting that consumers are still paying those inflated prices for their energy bills compared to what we were seeing before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And combined with the other factors you mentioned, such as the high inflation and the interest rates, this has all had very real impacts on UK households and businesses. So yes, so far we've discussed the UK and Europe having moved away from Russian natural gas towards LNG and the impacts that this has had on UK consumers' energy bills. So with LNG becoming a new supply side, uh, primary supply side balancer for the UK and Europe, I was just wondering if there's any complications that may hinder its ability to secure import volumes of LNG. And if so, are they implementing any strategies which may try and mitigate these complications? Yes. So as I briefly touched on earlier, a key factor in Europe's increased dependence on LNG is the need to secure those cargoes of LNG and ensure that they come here rather than going to other global markets. And the majority of our competition for LNG shipments is with major East Asian economies, such as China, Japan, South Korea. There is minimal increases in the sort of overall global supply of LNG expected before 2025. And so increasing competition for a limited resource would only act to push up prices. And it's particularly true for the global LNG spot market. And so an important step that we've seen the UK and EU taking is looking to secure more long-term contracts with LNG suppliers or nations, um, particularly the US and Qatar. And in fact, uh, a recent example of this from the 31st of January was National Grid in the UK uh, entering into a 10-year agreement with an LNG supplier for the import of around 3 million tonnes of LNG per year from 2029. And in addition to needing to outcompete other global markets for LNG, it also comes with risks around other potential geopolitical instabilities. So if we saw a, a further deterioration of the situation in the Middle East, for example, particularly in the Red Sea or the Straits of Hormuz, then this could have significant implications for LNG export from Qatar, which I already said was one of the primary sources for European bound LNG. And there's also political risk attached to another major LNG provider to the UK and Europe, and that's the US, with comments from various presidential candidates about keeping US gas for US customers. So these more uncertain and unpredictable risks to LNG supplies really highlight long-term importance in having a decarbonisation strategy for the UK and Europe and moving away from our dependence on gas as soon as possible. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, So lastly, with energy security having mostly stabilised, I was just wondering, are we expecting UK consumer energy bills to return to the levels seen prior to Russia's invasion of Ukraine? And also, is the rise in LNG volumes accounted for in its net zero strategy? So starting with the consumer bills, looking out across the rest of this decade, our modelling at Cornwall Insight indicates that power and gas prices are likely to continue to fall from the highs that we've experienced in the last two years. But even out as far as 2030, these prices are expected to remain inflated compared to pre-2021 sort of historic averages. So it seems that we are not anytime soon going to be reverting back to those energy price norms that preceded the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And then in terms of net zero ambitions, whilst LNG is less carbon intensive than alternative fuels such as um, oil and coal, it is still a fossil fuel and our long-term reliance on it 
is not consistent with having a fully decarbonized economy. So whilst we've discussed the importance today of LNG in the short term for replacing those Russian pipeline gas supplies and maintaining European energy security, there needs to be more sort of developed strategies and policy from government over whether our existing and upcoming LNG infrastructure can be repurposed to support that net zero transition, um, for example, through the transport of low carbon hydrogen in the place of LNG. So overall, the current build out of infrastructure necessary for our short term energy security needs to be balanced against that longer term decarbonisation trajectory. Thank you very much, Matthew, for your uh, input into this podcast today. All of the uh, points that we have covered in this uh, podcast are discussed in more detail in our most recent blog paper. Two years on Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the impacts on the UK energy sector. If you have any questions about anything that we've discussed today, please feel free to contact us or either us at Commonwealth Insight. Thank you for listening. Thank you.